Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! Welcome to Badass Women's Hour with me, Harriet Minter. This is our podcast special where we talk to experts about life in lockdown. Well, not actually experts about life in lockdown. They're not locked down and experts in it. But they are experts who have expert views on parts of life in lockdown. That's what we're talking to. And this week we meet writer, podcaster, woman whose book changed my life, the amazing Natalie Liu. Hello, Nat. Oh, hi, Harriet. Oh, <laughs> you introduced me so well. Well, it's because honestly, I'm sure I said this the last time you came on Badassons, but when we met at an event and you were like, oh, I'm Natalie Liu and I do this and I wrote this book and I was like, oh, that book <laughs> that changed my life. I remember that. It was, that was such a funny moment because... Um, I was all like shy because I do tend to be in situations shy, socially awkward. And then I'm like, hi. And you were like, what? Natalie? I'm sort of even a fallback girl, Natalie. And, and, and I was like, oh, she knows who I am. It was so funny. It was, it was such a funny conversation. It was really funny. Let's give the book its proper promo because it is brilliant. Mr. Unavailable and the Fallback Girl. And it came from your blog, Baggage Reclaim, which is also now an amazing podcast that I listen to all the time and love. Um, and it's all about relationships and dating and how we can look at what we're doing and maybe approach dating a bit differently. For anyone who doesn't know you, hasn't read the book, hasn't listened to the podcast, sum up your view on modern dating. Uh, It's messy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I think that we uh, have this impression that things are so much easier now because we have so many options to date but actually we seem to have amassed more problems to, to go with it. Um, I think that there are so many ways to interact with people now that we don't know how to choose a partner anymore. Um, we get very carried away sometimes. Um, and I think that a lot of people just don't know how to, am I dating? Am I in a relationship? Are we casual? Are we not casual? So I feel like a lot of people are lost when it comes to dating for sure. I I think people find it harder than they've ever found it, even though ironically we're supposed to have so many more means to meet somebody (laughs) these days. So let's talk, I want to use this podcast to talk really about dating and relationships in this strange period that we find ourselves in, because It felt like when the government announced that we were going into lockdown, when all the news around coronavirus happened, it sort of felt like 
as humans, we would all kind of go, oh, well, we should probably put dating on hold for a while because there's a global pandemic going on. Maybe our love life isn't the most important thing. And yet that's not human nature, is it? No, no, not at all. And it's funny because when the lockdown first started, I remember talking on the podcast about it and saying, you know, as humans, we haven't wanted to pause. We don't want to stop. We don't, we don't want to feel too much. We don't want to think too much. And then something like this comes along and we have the opportunity. Well, well, a hard reset has been forced upon us. We've been forced to slow down, to pause, to think, to feel. And I come across so many people who could do with a dating break. So they're in this cycle and you say to them, have you ever thought about, you know, mm, not dating for a while? I'm not talking about taking a vow of celibacy and never dating ever again, you know, for the next, I don't know, 50 years. I'm talking, I don't know, three months, maybe <laughs> six weeks. And you would be amazed at how many can barely go for like a week or two. And when I talk about like a dating break, I'm talking can you just put the whole romantic pursuit thing on pause? No texting and sexting back and forth with exes, you know, no, you know, collecting attention on the dating app or whatever, just leave it all alone, put a pause on the whole dating and relationship thing. And for some, that is not possible. And then what I found is that lockdown kind of divided those into two groups. So some who went, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to breathe a big old sigh of relief because now I can give myself permission to do the thing that I've avoided doing and I'm just not going to date for a while. And then others <laughs> seem to double down <laughs> on, on dating during this time. So I've heard from people and they're like, yeah, I'm going on dates and um, I'm going on like lockdown walks and we're like having five, <laughs> six hour video dates. When would we ever have had like five, six hour like no. date rando, you know, <laughs> that we barely even know. But yeah, some people have really doubled down on dating in this time. And you know what? I get it. I think there's, I think loneliness is okay. a factor. Um, and I think it's very easy to go, well, you know, this could be a really great time to pause, take some time out. But if you genuinely feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm so lonely or I'm alone, Talking to, yeah, some rando online. Even <laughs> like a very exciting prospect. So I was talking to some uh, friends of mine about this, not about this the other day, but about kind of making big decisions whilst in lockdown because uh, I was on the podcast, Is This Working with uh, Anna and Tiffany? And we were talking about whether or not you should quit your job. That's it. Like, should you quit your uh, job in lockdown? If you've had this realisation that actually life's short, we could all die tomorrow. I hate my job. I should just quit. Should you do it? And I said, you shouldn't make any big decisions whilst in crisis mode. So you shouldn't, um, shouldn't quit your job, shouldn't move to the other side of the world. Uh, and I base this on a quote from Speed 2, that notoriously fantastic film. Love um, your work. Thank you. <laughs> My dear, some people go and read psychologists. I watch Sandra Bullock films. <laughs> I'm, to- I'm, totally, I'm totally with you on this. Like, <laughs> quoting like 80s and 90s films is totally the way to go for this. Um, in which she talks about her relationship with Keanu Reeves from Speed 1, who interestingly did not make it into Speed 2. And she says, relationships formed in crisis never work out. Is that your view? Uh, yeah, I would say 99% of the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that you're going to start a relationship or quit your job with lockdown goggles. Uh, because that's, I, I think, look, 
I think it's great that we're discovering all sorts of things during lockdown. Some of us are like, wow, I can actually cook or I can bake and all this. So there are some wonderful things that we might learn this. We might learn to meditate. We might finally learn to relax, to breathe out. But we also, at the same time, can as humans almost trick ourselves into believing that this is, this is something we're going to continue feeling and being and doing after lockdown. And we don't know if we will, because we're not post lockdown <laughs> yet. Uh, I mean, it's like, you know, when you go on, when you have a holiday romance, Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you go on holiday and you know, you're wearing your best drawers, you're, you're super cool on a holiday you're shaving then, your legs every day yeah i'm gonna change my life i'm on holiday i've discovered myself and you get back to you get back to london or wherever and you're like oh, yeah back to the status quo i'm not saying that that is exactly how it will be after lockdown but i think that when we make these decisions you know it, sometimes it's not even about crisis when we make decisions from a place of desperation mm-hmm. fear of being alone fear of really anything we make very different decisions to those ones that we make from a place of desire, from a place of being grounded in who we are. And I think that that's what we have to distinguish between. Is this a decision that I would make even if I wasn't in crisis? Yeah. You know, would I do this? What is influencing me to do this? We, ha- we do have to check. Look, it is very possible that we might discover that we don't like our job during lockdown. I think that's a very distinct <laughs> possibility of that because something else I talked about was about how, isn't it amazing how so many companies could not find it within themselves to allow people to do flexible working, you know, to work from home. You know, my brother-in-law had a whole, like he campaigned, pitched everything about working from home to his company. And they were like, oh, well, why would we do that when we could just spend like 50 million pounds on an office, like wherever. They said, no, it's not possible to work from home. Lockdown comes along suddenly everybody can work from home. But also, I think when you come out of being in, your, in, in an office environment, for instance, and you now, you're now in lockdown, and you see how much a job might encroach, mm-hmm. not just on, on your personal life, but even who you are as a person, it might force you to reevaluate your life. Um, and I think that depending on the size of the problem, that yeah, there will be some people who are like, you know what, this is intolerable, and I'm not even going to keep this job. But I think generally speaking, we do have to be careful about some of the decisions we're making during this time. So should we be dating at all during this time? Do you think there's a way in which we can, in quote, we can date? Yeah, you know, uh, you, you, you know me, I'm not massively keen on, on the shoulds because mm-hmm. I think that dating in particular is riddled with a lot of shoulds. Oh, you know, don't have sex on the first date, only have sex when X amount of dates have gone by. You have to do this. Don't call. I mean, I still hear from so many women who were influenced by that book, The Rules, and they go, oh, yeah. uh, um, so my friend said that I'm not supposed to call because the rules, blah, 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 blah. Um, however, I'm like, okay, look, if you want to date, like nothing that you or I, you know, say to them is, is going to make a massive amount of difference, but it's about being aware of the emotional consequences of doing so because there are some people who will continue to date during this time and they can handle the emotional consequences of it mm-hmm. and there are plenty who cannot and it's all for real. It, it, you've got to be intentional about things like know your intentions for dating i say this even when we're not in this flipping lockdown it's like dating because you are in a pretty good place with yourself and you're genuinely open to meeting somebody and you're not already invested in the outcome generates an entirely different outcome to 
I'm going to get on an app because I had a really, really crappy day at work today and that person was getting on my damn nerves and I'm feeling really low about myself. So let me yeah. go on a date or, you know, I don't want to be on my own. Oh, I'm feeling really uncomfortable today. Oh, I just saw my ex on Instagram with such and such. The, the outcome is entirely different when you date from that place. So it's about knowing your intentions. If the reason why you're dating during lockdown is because you're bored, is because you can't hack being on your own, you hate yourself, you know, you're not over your ex, you're spying on your ex all day long, and this is another way to kind of make yourself feel better about that. If it's just because like, oh, I'm really, really panicked about whether I'm going to meet somebody, those are not really good reasons to date because you're not really looking under the hood of why you're feeling that way or why you're doing that particular thing. But if you're a pretty self-aware person and you're like, you know what? I can keep myself in check. I'm not somebody yeah. who's typically prone to being in a fantasy relationship. I know the difference between fact and fiction. You know, I, I haven't had a whole thing in my head where I believe that I'm going out with somebody who I only like spoke to like a couple of times <laughs> last year and whatever. If you don't do that type of stuff, please roll on with your bad self. <laughs> but if... If you, prior to lockdown, have dabbled a fair amount in the fantasy of dating online, this is your time to bow out. Because I tell you something, it is bad enough when we don't have lockdown and we, we do this type of stuff to ourselves. <laughs> but imagine that you indulge in this fantasy and then the person stops like engaging with you. They stop texting or whatever. You don't have all the other yeah. things that you normally would to fall back on if, you know, if and when things go, you know, Pete Tonga said, you are going to really, really struggle. So you have to know yourself. I was going to still check yourself before you wreck yourself. Type of thing. <laughs> and one thing that's really interesting there is if you're listening and you don't know if you're that type of person or not, I really urge you to do what I once did, which is go back to all the old messages of people <laughs> that you think you have been dating at some point and have a read through those messages and see how deep they really do. Or in my case, do not get. Yeah. You're like, oh. And I, I, it's amazing how we can delude ourselves yeah. to, to an extent, because that is the nature of being human. We, we do delude ourselves to a certain extent. But I, but I think that this isn't the time to do that to us, because we don't necessarily have all of the things that we normally might do to escape to. And that's obviously not necessarily a bad thing either, but there could be huge emotional consequences for us for doing so. So then how do we handle loneliness if we're kind of making that decision which says I'm going to be very, very wary about potentially dating while in lockdown, but I am either living by myself or maybe I'm living in a shared house with people that I'm not that keen on, or I was keen on three weeks ago, but now we've spent 24 seven together. I'm not that keen on. Um, and I'm lonely. How do we manage yeah. that? And that is, that's the tricky one because mm -hmm. there is, there is something to be said for our ability to, forge a level of connection online with people because obviously there's plenty of people that we don't see all the time like you and I only see each other yeah. occasionally but we still yeah. have a connection because we you know we keep in yeah. you know in a level of touch with each other and I think that sometimes online can be the savior of loneliness when we do it in such a way that we can take care of us at the same time and I think that if we do feel lonely during this a romantic connection doesn't necessarily have to be the thing that we do to alleviate those feelings. So we could still go online. We could still 
I don't because isn't it Bumble the, the one that you can actually also do for yeah, friendship? Yeah, make friends. Yeah, make friends as well. Um, loneliness isn't about how many people you have around you or whether you're a loser or whatever, which I think a lot of people tend to associate loneliness with, because we all know of people who are, you know, the, 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 known as the life and soul. They have all these people yeah. around them and actually incredibly lonely. Loneliness is the emotional state that we experience when we've become disconnected from ourselves. You know, we stopped expressing our innermost feelings and thoughts, not just to others, but also to ourselves. That's where loneliness comes from. So if, once we stop doing that with us and with others, we're going to feel lonely. Um, and so even if we connect with others, so for instance, through a dating or yes, looking for French or whichever else, if we don't find a way to be, to start expressing ourselves to us and to others, we're going to still feel lonely anyway. It, yeah. it will be a, a sort of a temporary relief for the anxiety, for the loneliness, and then we will feel back to square one. And so it, it can be so difficult in these situations because we, it's almost like we're lonely and then we have to in some way try to ascertain why we are lonely in the first place, which can be hard to look at when we're in that space. And I think that even if we're not in a space to look at that, let's say we do go off and we, we go and try to make friends online or, you know, doing the Zooms and whichever else. And I've heard from so many people over the last few weeks who are like, actually, um, so some are like, actually Zoom has been great or house party or whatever. Yeah. And I've heard from others who said that actually they feel worse for, for all the Zooming. And that's been quite fascinating because these are people who are saying that they are lonely mm. and that they want to, you know, they misconnect me. Some of them are like, it's not a substitute for the, the real deal because i'm still in my house you know, i'm still in my yard on my own yeah. uh I, and so i'm talking to these people it's not a substitute for somebody sitting beside you putting your arms around somebody and admittedly no it isn't um but what's been interesting is sometimes people are feeling lonely but also in touch with others but it's very light and superficial in those interactions and so all of this zooms they're finding that they're the, the other person is talking a lot about themselves and their stuff and they're not really talking about their inner world or what's going on with them and it just goes to show how even when we're connecting with others online we can still end up being lonely because we pretend to be something that we're not or we, we yeah. kind of let somebody else have the limelight it's a, i i think it's a it's a tricky one because i feel for anybody who it experiences loneliness during this time and you don't have the option of just stepping out of your house and going up and going off and meeting up with somebody. I mean, I know some might try and do the socially distance walk or talk over yeah. the fence to the neighbor or whatever else, but it's, yeah, it's not quite the same, but I don't know that dating somebody and having, you know, the long video calls is necessarily the answer to the loneliness either. It'll pacify but it won't be a medium to long-term solution. Well, what I think you're saying is that the reality is that loneliness is not about who you're with. It's about how you, how you show up. Yeah. 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 I think, and, and it's funny because I look, I have a husband and two children and a crazy ass dog. <laughs> and I've still, I still have times of experiencing that lonely feeling. And there'll be other people out there who'd be going, oh my gosh, like if I had a husband and two kids and a dog, like 
I don't think I would, but actually like, well, you know, I lost yeah. uh, my father like three years mm -hmm. ago and grief is like an incredibly lonely emotional yeah. state. So you can, you can be a whole group of you all ex grieving the same person, but it's still really individual and specific to you. So I have felt, I've definitely experienced loneliness over these few years, but then what pulls me out of that loneliness is when you plug back in to mm -hmm. one, your connection with yourself and to trying to connect with others. It's admitting, actually, I'm struggling. It's admitting that maybe you keep, I, I, I don't know about you, Harriet. In fact, I'm pretty sure you mm -hmm. do a similar thing to me, but you know, when we don't ask, we're not in the habit of asking for help yeah. and admitting that um, we're struggling. These are the things that contribute to loneliness. Yeah. And so I would encourage anybody who is feeling lonely. Does anybody know that you actually feel that way? Like, are you pretending that you're okay all the time while everybody else is telling you all of their problems? Do you ever ask for help? Do you ever admit that you're struggling? Do you ever admit that actually you need more than whatever it is that you've been accepting? Yeah. It's, it's a hard one, loneliness. It, I, what you said that just really resonated with me, which was, you know, have you even told anyone that you're lonely? And that's, you know, because we feel such sort of shame around it, don't we? It's so shameful yeah. to say, actually, I feel lonely right now. It's about saying, oh, I don't have enough friends. Well, we do, but maybe just in that precise moment in time, there was just something that meant we weren't connecting with them or we weren't talking to them or we weren't being completely emotionally honest with them. And you know, that can be the case even if you're in a relationship. It's you, You're not being emotionally honest and available with the person you're in that relationship with. You are going to feel lonely. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is I think that uh, loneliness is, is treated like it's a permanent statement of our future and yes. rather than being an emotional state that we're in right now, it might not even be the feeling that we had all day, but sometimes what happens, not even just with loneliness, but with other feelings. Oh, I had this feeling at nine o'clock. And even if we had different feelings <laughs> after nine o'clock, we spend all day going, I can't believe I felt that feeling at nine yeah. o'clock and we whip ourselves up into a thing. And, and I think as well with loneliness that we don't realize that we have loneliness habits. And so, and, and that reinforces the feeling because on some level we have an awareness that we are feeling differently and behaving differently. And then we don't realize how we might withdraw a bit yeah. in some ways and about how we're maybe not interacting as much. So we don't realize how we're actually feeding loneliness we don't recognize our own loneliness habits and I've, I've definitely been guilty of that so each time I sort of find myself sort of in that zone of like oh I've kind of gone into this world of grief and, and feeling lonely again I've now really gotten to that because it's so easy when you're grieving for instance or when you feel lonely to be like oh but if I turn around to the person and say oh you know I was thinking about dad or whatever it was mm. and then it, they, they might be like oh my god like you're still thinking about that like like, why would you, your, your brain tells you these things yeah. like, oh, people are going to think it's weird that I'm even bothered by that. But it's not, you're just a human person, like a human being feeling and just trying to make your way through life. And sometimes because you, we close ourselves off inadvertently with all the chatter in our head, we get into a lonely place. And that's so interesting because it's not, I've yet to come across any feeling that stays forever. No. You know, it's permanence isn't permanence when it comes to feelings are complete. They're not, the, they're, it's not a thing, you know, it's, 
I remember years ago going to therapy and a therapist saying, you can cry if you want. And I was like, no, no, no I don't need to cry. And she's like, are you worried that if you start crying, you'll never stop? And in my head, I was like, yes. I'm like, that's what I'm genuinely worried about. I'm genuinely worried that <laughs> I start crying, I might not stop. And I was like, no, I'm fine. Absolutely fine. And she's like, okay, just because if you were, a lot of people think that. And yet so far, everybody has stopped eventually. Yeah. And I've done that thing as well, like where, I, you know, have been sat talking to, you know, whatever, not, not a therapist, but like, uh, you know, when I've been my kinesiologist or whatever, yeah. and, and then I've fa- felt myself kind of getting ready to blurb. And just like that, I catch myself and shut it down. And I realized mm. that's just a habit from childhood. Like, yeah. there, I, I, it, it, it took adulthood for me to realize, wow, you really don't let yourself cry too much. <laughs> you know, I, and, and, and I've, I've got better and better at it over the years. And sometimes actually I deliberately watch certain things because you just know, like ghost. It's going to give you a really good ball. Like yeah. ghost, I cry. At, like my husband is appalled that I still cry every <laughs> single time at the end of ghost. Beaches <laughs> destroys me. Gladiator, again, I cry. He's like, are you kidding me? I can't, you've seen this film like about 50 trillion times. You're still crying at the end. But I do it every time. But it's like it gives you permission <laughs> to kind of let out some tears that were, <laughs> that were there otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Like, honestly, sometimes it is. And I think actually we need to remember that with our friends as well, which is like, if they just want to ring you up and have a good cry, it's not because they're permanently sad. They're just sad at that moment. They want to yeah. have a cry at that moment. And they'll be probably be fine afterwards. And that part of, I think, kind of being able to appease loneliness on both sides if you're feeling lonely is knowing that it's okay to feel that in that moment it's not permanent and it's okay to talk about it because it's not permanent you yeah. stop it eventually and also if somebody shares that with you don't feel you have to take it on and be like oh my god this person's lonely I must do everything I can because yeah. actually just listening is presumably a help for that well it, it plugs them it, it plugs them back in because I think all humans want to be seen we want to be heard and sometimes the, the simple connection happens in that moment when that person gets to feel or acknowledge, I am not alone, mm. and feels that sense of connection. It's like one, when we make ourselves into an island and it's like, well, I, I never have to ask for help. I am invulnerable. You know, <laughs> I, I must be a rock. All of you can be weak. I must be strong <laughs> at all times, right? This is how we separate ourselves off. When we pretend to be something that we're not, like, honestly, I was lonely in every other romantic relationship that I was in because I would go on dates and I wasn't there as me. I'm there on the date and I'm, I'm listening and it's almost like I'm taking notes. Oh, he said, da, da, da. okay, mm-hmm. noted. That means that I should avoid doing that. Oh, he said he likes this. Okay, try to do that. Wear that particular thing, whichever else. I was never just there and, and yeah. being me. I never felt like I could totally relax because I was always like, well, if I allow somebody to get close enough to me that they might see me and know me, they're going to like run off and reject me. You know, my daddy issues and mommy yeah. issues, and this whole abandonment thing. <laughs> so it's like, oh, well, I must present this facade. You know, I must please everybody else, but not take care of my needs. Yeah. And these are the things that separate us. These are the things that, that make us lonely because we don't realize how in just trying to please others that we actually end up deceiving ourselves and even others in the process. That's how we can end up feeling lonely because we just, we end up just adrift somewhere else and kind of looking at going, where the hell is everybody? And so it's when we kind of plug back in and take care of us that we can find means to 
alleviate those feelings in a, in a positive way. And something I say to people is, you know, when we're babies, we are gradually taught how to self-soothe from babyhood, you know, yeah. it's childhood. Obviously, we don't all learn to do it that well. And that sometimes we find unhealthy ways to soothe us. And sometimes we find positive ways to soothe us. And the idea of soothing ourselves, that's calming and regulating, you know, soothing our emotions, giving ourselves comfort. The aim of it is not to solve our problems at 100%. Because, you know, sometimes as humans, we have such unrealistic expectations of ourselves. It's like, oh, well, if I can't solve my whole life by hugging myself or saying something kind to myself, well, why the hell would I bother? Why don't I have a drink instead? Why don't I just eat half the coverage? You know, why don't I just go on some dating site and collect attention? But the aim is not to solve things at 100%. The aim is to do something for us in that moment that calms our body. I, I know you're a fan of the same book as me. Uh, is it The Body Keeps the Score? Body Keeps Score. Best oh, book. Such amazing a great book. book. But it's like, though, if we can learn to soothe ourselves, so yeah. if, if we're feeling lonely, uh, going off and doing something that's only going to end up relieving tension in the short term, but then afterwards we feel like, crap, that's not going to do anything for us. Yeah. It's just going to heighten our nervous system and make us feel bad. But if we can respond to us with tenderness, with care, treat us like we would somebody else that we love. Treat us like a small child. You know, if, if a small child came to us and said, oh, you know, I'm feeling lonely because blah, blah, blah. We wouldn't turn around and go, yeah, because you're a loser. No, <laughs> or have a gin and tonic. Both, neither of those would be options. <laughs> yeah, we, but we wouldn't. <laughs> our, if our friend came to us and said, uh, you know, I've been feeling really lonely, we wouldn't know, oh my God, like you're so pathetic. Yeah. We can speak to us as we would as a small child or, or, or a friend. And we do that with others. And they don't expect us to solve their problem out to, you know, 100%. Yeah. But it does move things on. It changes the feeling. Do you think since we've been in lockdown we are those feelings are actually well not just those feelings but actually all feelings are heightened because we are having to sit with them in a way that maybe we wouldn't have done before we could have distracted ourselves with work or with people or with being pissed off about our commute there were yeah. other things around us whereas we are just sat with us and our feelings right now yeah totally totally happening and of course you know as we we're saying earlier we just don't have the same pattern, the same ribbons to distract us. I remember reading somewhere years ago that the single biggest habit changer is uh, moving because even if you just move down the street, because you move into a new place, it, it forces you to reset your routines. Mm -hmm. But I think that probably <laughs> competing right with that is lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, it, it is amazing how a lot of humans prioritize making themselves really, really busy. It, people who are workaholics, they're doing it because it's like, oh my God, I love my job. They're avoiding feeling and thinking too much or being present to something else. Because obviously if you're workaholic, you can't do something else. So you delay something else that's going on in your life or you don't have to deal with whatever other problem there is, whether that's, you know, for instance, there are some parents and I, and I know plenty of people who grew up with parents yeah. like this their parents were a workaholic but it meant that the parent didn't have to deal with the other parents they didn't have to deal with their marriage or whatever it was 
So exercise, we can sometimes over-exercise because it's like, yeah, you know, I don't have to think. I don't have to feel too much. Uh, we get to throw ourselves into these various things. And then something comes along, it's like it slams the brake on our life. And all those feelings that we're trying to keep a lid on start to surface because we're out of routine and we just don't have the same go-tos that we normally do. So I do think that, that for a lot of people, unless they found something, because you know, there, there will be a chunk of us as humans who in this lockdown, we found something else yeah. to replace the other stuff with. But I do think that for, yeah, for a lot of us also at the same time, that a lot of stuff is coming up for us. And stuff that we might be going, what the hell is that all about? Like somebody said to me the other day, ever since lockdown started, they have been all this stuff from their childhood that they had forgotten about, positive and negative stuff, just suddenly started flooding into, into their minds. And I think that because lockdown, look, it is a trauma. And of yeah. course, we're all experiencing it in different ways. And some people might not feel it as intensely, but it is a trauma. And when we've had other traumas or things that certainly, whether it's logical or not, feel like they're similar to what we're going through, then we might find ourselves suddenly remembering things that were long buried, suddenly feeling things that were long buried. Like I found that actually um, when lockdown started, it reminded me of, of times, other times in my life where I have not felt in control mm. of my situation. So I felt fair, deeply anxious initially. Um, and the last time I felt that anxious was when we, um, we'd sold our old place and we were trying to buy our next place. We were renting in between and the landlord sold our property to the next door neighbor who then turned into the landlord from hell. Oh. And I felt trapped. Yeah. Um, these people living next door, turning up like morning, noon and night. And it was deeply triggering and it brought up a whole load of stuff from childhood for me. And at the time I was like, why that? Like I, I felt so, so distraught at times during it. And it was only then when I was like, I, I think I was talking to, <laughs> to my massage therapist, you know, as you do, you have these conversations. <laughs> and she just says in this way that she does, she's like, yeah, but of course you're going to feel this way because you are feeling out of control for the first time, probably in adulthood. Yeah. You have gone from a childhood where you grew up in a level of chaos and where you relied on certain things to feel in control. And then now you've been in adulthood and you've taken control of your life. And then all of a sudden you're plunged back into this place where you've got these people sort of trying to dictate your life and invading you. That's triggered a whole lot of stuff from childhood. So I think that these times can bring up strange feelings and thoughts that we're like, why the hell am I thinking about that? Like uh, weirdly lockdown, because I was brought up in Dublin, um, lockdown, I started thinking about how, when I was growing up in the nineties, like late eighties and nineties in, in Dublin, obviously there was the troubles as we used to refer to them, yeah. like, you know, in, in Northern Ireland. And there would sometimes be bomb scares. Um, and it, there was just this awareness. And at the same time, you just, it became, I don't want to say normalized, but yeah, like yeah. Being in this, this, yeah, this sort of sense of heightened feeling became normal. And I suddenly started remembering that during lockdown. Just like, I remember getting the train to Belfast with a friend and uh, rocks being thrown because uh, wow. shopping in Belfast was yeah. great in the 90s because you didn't have all those shops that, that there that you, in, in Dublin that you used to have in Belfast. So you could go to like, uh, back then Gap was like a real thing. Yeah. Had no Gap in Dublin. No, I don't think we even had Topshop then. 
Uh, so we go to Belfast, but I remember stuff being thrown at a train that we were on and the windows being smashed. Um, I remember the checkpoints, you know, guns at the air, you know, gunmen at the airports, you know, yeah. security all the time. And now it's like so forgotten. It's a distant part of our past, but it's not even that long ago. But lockdown actually reminded me of that, this awareness that we were in a country that was having troubles. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. This is the Badass Women's Hour podcast. You can get in touch on all the socials on at Badass Women's Hour. Now let's get back to our guest. If we are aware that we are in a country that's having troubles, that we are in a trauma situation Mm. and it's bringing up this stuff for us. What can we do about that? Can we do anything or do we just have to be with it? I think that, um, I mean, some people have continued on with therapy um, Mm -hmm. during lockdown where they've connected, you know, there's all sorts these days for for online therapists and stuff. You know, I'm a big proponent of journaling. Yeah. In that, look, I'm not, again, I don't see anything as, oh, we're supposed to solve something at 100% there and then. But I think that having a curiosity where we can and just noticing, oh, like, what's that all about? Like, oh, that's interesting that that's coming up for me now. Mm. Even just noting it in our journal without actually having to make some sort of judgment about it can be very handy. But also I found that there was a day during lockdown where I was like super anxious and I had some stuff that I needed to do for work. Ironically, I hadn't sent an email newsletter for like some like 15 months. I was like, <laughs> okay, now is the time to send it. <laughs> and I literally had to psych myself up to do this thing. And I found myself spiraling into this meltdown. So I pulled out my journal and I just started, mm-hmm. it was like having a therapy session in the journal. And I was right. And after several minutes, I really kind of got down to the heart of what was going on, but actually started giving myself advice. And we're all capable of doing that. That is not yeah. something that just because I am Natalie Baggage Reclaim, but that's why I can do that. <laughs> Anybody can do that. That several minutes into writing, we always get down to the crux of what's really going on. And we're actually in a position to give us advice and have some compassion as well. But um, yeah. I, I do think it's like, trying to sit with and notice our feelings not trying to run off from them like sometimes i've just had to go wow 
I am anxious. Sometimes if that's a bit too close to home and if I say, oh my gosh, that's like a stingray at me. Sometimes just turn around and saying it in the third person. I remember there was some research into this a few mm. years back that in, if, you, if it feels too much saying, Harriet is feeling blah, 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 put some distance between yeah. us and helps us to notice the feeling without over-personalizing it as well. And then we can actually go, we can acknowledge it and be like, okay, so what could I do for me? Sometimes you don't even have to do anything. Sometimes acknowledging it is enough in and of itself because then it just moves on and passes. Beautiful. Um, final question. Speaking of things that should have moved on, but perhaps haven't. Um, <laughs> I already know what you're going to say. You know say. what I'm going to say. Why is lockdown seeing the return of the X? The corona. And what should we do? What should we do about it? This has been the biggest <laughs> thing in my. I did an episode last week called "Better the Devil." You know, honestly, Harriet, you wouldn't believe the kind of emails I got, and it it was a split. Where so in the episode, I basically talked about you know exes popping up out of the woodwork, making these big declarations, and us getting nostalgic, especially in lockdown, and especially if we're going, yeah. oh, but you know, here I am, home alone. Now my ex is coming back in, they're saying they've changed. <laughs> and but I'd say it was like a split. Half of them were like, Oh my gosh, this literally just happened to me. Every single thing you said, right down to the things that they say, like um you've always been there for me. You've always, the one I, you've always been the one I can rely on. No matter what I've done to you, you've always been, you're a good girl, you're a good guy, and all this type of stuff. So half of them were like, oh my gosh, this just happened to me and they felt really validated. And then the other half were like, oh my gosh, I listened to the episode, no joke, within like hours, I hear from the ex and they're saying <laughs> exactly that thing. So I think that there is... Lockdown, I think, can cause us to feel, yeah, a level of nostalgia. You know, we go, we hanker for how things were before. Suddenly, you know, we hate commuting in on Southern Rail every day. And now it's like, I love the train. I'd love to go on there every day. <laughs> well, a similar thing can happen with exes where they suddenly go, oh, let me flip through my mental Rolodex of all the people who I've come into contact with, like who thinks the sun shines out of me no matter how badly <laughs> I behave. Flicking, oh, flicking through the mental Rolodex. Oh, yeah, let me call her <laughs> up. Let me, and so, a call, more like, let me DM her or him yeah. on Instagram. Let me, you know, send a message on Facebook or text or, you know, send like some sort of ambiguous thing. And it's, it's a massage. We want our ego to be massaged. I think these exes do. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, stroke my ego, make me feel really good about myself. You know, it's like, oh, I'm in lockdown and I need somebody to feel really, to make me feel really good. Oh, who can I call? You know, Ghostbusters. No, I'll just call up, you know, this person who has always been there even when they shouldn't be. So there, there is this nostalgia. I think sometimes people are bored at home. Sometimes some of these exes just want to know that the door is still open. It's like, they don't actually want to get back together with us. They just want to know that we haven't moved on. They just want to know that we have the door yeah. open enough that it's like, oh, they're still into me. Like they, they haven't figured out who I am yet. So that gives me a big ego boost. And, you know, I keep saying to people like, don't give people the opportunity to come back in and mess around with your head when they've already done that numerous times. <laughs> yes. And on that note... <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Um, Don't do it, people. No, no good will come of it. Listen, if it's an ex who you have a genuinely loving, you know, your friends, right? Yeah. 
lockdown, you know, you have been in touch before lockdown, but if you have an ex who didn't treat you with love, care, trust, and respect, and what they want to do is drag you back to a version of yourself that you're, you know, you really want to leave behind. Why go there? Like why found their ego? Like why put yourself in that place? What, just so they can turn around and disappear again? Build you up with their big promises and then, you know, shoot back out of your life. No, <laughs> don't, don't let them do it. <laughs> Close the door, people. Close the door. Stop the cycle. Um, which reminds me, if anyone has loved listening to the absolute wisdom of Natalie on this episode, uh, you can get more of it because you have an online course that you are just relaunching starting now. Yeah. So it's called Break the Cycle and it starts from the 27th of April. That's 2020 in case you happen to be listening in the future. <laughs> and it is really for anyone who has been in that frustrating dating and relationship cycle that you've been saying, I really, really want a relationship. Like, why isn't this happening for me? And if you've been in that pattern or you've got another pattern going on in your life where you're like, I want to move on from that. I have a whole process that you work through that helps you get to the bottom of what's really going on and clear that out so you can move on to being the person you really are and moving on to the relationship you want as well, obviously post lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're not dating in lockdown. Yeah, um, so that's sort of baggage reclaimed. I put it UK forward slash break the cycle. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, we'll put all of Natalie's contact details and things in the show notes, but Nat, it's always such a joy to talk to you. You are so wise and warm and uh, just speak such good sense. So thank you. Oh, thank talking. you, Harriet. You know, I like hanging out with you. I, feel I really love it. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, and if you've enjoyed this episode, we're going to keep doing it. If there's something you particularly want to, us to cover, do drop me a message. You can find me either at Badass Women's Hour HR on Twitter and Instagram or at Harriet Minter on all socials. Um, and if you love this episode, do me a favor, rate, review, subscribe, give us five stars so that other people can find us. It really, really helps iTunes. Spotify, all the places, boost us up the rankings so more people can receive the wisdom of fabulous guests like that. Thank you. Have a good week and enjoy your love, not loneliness in lockdown. This is the Badass Women's Hour podcast. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.